This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Donna Valentine continues her staycation around the Twin Cities this week. We are riveted, waiting for an update on what she saw in her own hometown. She'll return on Monday. Uh, Brittany is in for Donna. Good day, Brittany. Good day, sir. DJ Rock Lobster is on the other side of the glass, making sure that people can actually hear us. So happy to be joined right now, live on the telephone, by uh, author Lori Gelman, whose new book, Smells Like Tween Spirit, is out now, available for you to download or actually get a hard copy of. You can get it on Audible as well. She does the narration, which I quite enjoy that when authors do their own narration. Lori, good morning. Is it true that you're really just coming from Pilates class? Did you really just wrap up a workout? You know what? I was supposed to just be finishing. I sort of bagged off this morning because we just uh, dropped our daughter at college. So I'm feeling a little low today and uh, didn't really want to get out of bed this morning. You know, I saw your post yesterday saying there might be some tears behind these uh, sunglasses. And I, I remember this is such a relatable thing that so many people have gone through or are thinking about sort of counting down the days until they have to go through this. Now, this is your, uh, your younger girl. And so you've, you've been through this once yeah. before is my point. And does this make yeah, it I mean, easier or harder? Hard. This one is, this was harder because it's our last girl and mm. now it's just me and Michael. Oh. <laughs> and it's just the two of us. Of course. Uh, and, her- um, her husband, Michael, is, of course, Michael Gelman, the famed producer, long time of Live with Kelly and Ryan. Um, yeah, this now it's you two and the dog. And do you have any plans? I mean, like, like are, you have dates planned or what's going on? Well, we're still just trying to figure it out. You know, we, we got off the plane and got back to our home and we're just sort of looking at each other like, okay. This is how it started, right? We like each other, right? Yeah, we remember liking it, like having fun. No, actually, Michael and I get along really well. So I think it'll be fine. I just, you know, you, the energy of the kids, you know, when they're young, but even when they're older, it's just it's just such great youth energy to have in the house. And, uh, and you just miss it when it's not there. Yeah, I've been seeing, I have another friend who just did a post of just dropping off his son yesterday out of state, like you guys are dealing with. So at a you know, school that's out of state, and it's just like, oh, goodness, it's not like they're popping home every weekend. This is a real, uh, a real thing. So I know a lot of moms are going through that. A lot of moms listening right now are probably like wiping tears as they're thinking about that they have to do it or that they just did it. So you are not alone, uh, loved by many. So let's let's talk a little bit about the book. I find you, Lori Gelman, and I'm not just saying this because we're on air talking. I find you no, to be smoke up my butt. Please go ahead. Here, it's about to it's about to come. Um, I find you <laughs> so genuinely, effortlessly 
funny. Like in conversation, you are just a naturally funny person and you have your timing is always really great and you just have funny turns of phrases and you say things that you don't necessarily expect. Like in in real life, that's how you seem. In your writing, you carry over, I find, a very similar voice, which is as you're reading through a page, there are multiple little opportunities for a giggle, for a laugh. As you're writing comedy, you know, and it's not that these are like you're just, it's one joke after another. There are stories that are woven throughout this. But as you're writing in the funny, do you know it's funny when you write it? Or do you have to sort of write a few pages and say to a friend or maybe to your husband, Michael, like, hey, get over here. I need to read this to you. And you're trying to track, are they giggling at what you're writing? First of all, I never ask Michael to read anything because he'll tell me exactly what he thinks of it, and, and then I'll stop writing forever. So that is not an option. But I do. It's funny. I, I always wonder if it's going to be funny. So I do exactly what you said, actually. I write a few chapters, and then I'll just send it to one of my friends. I'll say, is this funny? Like, it's, like tell me, like, truthfully, did you get a laugh out of this? Or, and, and people will be honest, and they'll say, you know, when you did that, this joke, yeah, it wasn't that great, but these are all really funny. And um, it's funny so subjective, too. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are people that just don't enjoy snarky humor or, you know, don't want to have a little giggle every time they, you know, turn a page. Um, I remember when I got my first Kirkus review, which is they, Kirkus reviews all the books. And this woman hated the book so much. And, and she was like, it's, you know, it's silly. It's this, it's that. She goes, but like it or not, her last line of the thing was, like it or not, this woman's going to get a laugh out of you. Oh, well, that had to feel like a real achievement, trying to win over someone who kind of felt like they had a rough approach to your to your work. Yeah, but but it's funny, like, like it or not, she's going to make you laugh. Who wants to laugh? It would be against your will, but you'll do it. Yeah, but, you know, I realized that comedy was subjective when I was younger, and my mom saw me watching Conan O'Brien. And she said, oh, this guy is just the worst. And my head almost fell off of my shoulders. I couldn't believe that a human could watch what I was watching and not think that it was hysterical. So, yes, you're right. It is very subjective. Now, uh, again, if you're just tuning in, talking with Lori Gelman, the author of the brand new book uh, out just a week or so ago, Smells Like Tween Spirit, which, by the way, is the fourth book in this Class Mom series. You don't have to have read the other ones beforehand to enjoy this one, uh, but it'll certainly add something but that you, you do. Should. You should. You should. All of them are available. I'm looking at the whole page <laughs> for them right now on Amazon. And by the way, um, pretty. if you look at your, I don't know if you read your reviews and your ratings on Amazon, but that's another scary place to delve into. I don't read the one star one. Well, your, but your cumulative reviews are really really strong like you're four and a half stars which is as high as it gets at least when i see on amazon it's like nothing has a five star uh how does it feel to know that outside of a a cranky person here and there that will just choose not to laugh because like it or not they don't want to how does it feel to have the material (laughs) so well received by so many people oh are you kidding me it feels great it's it's basically the cherry on the icing on the cake because (laughs) The cake is, is that you you finish it, you finish the book. The icing is that somebody wants to publish it. And then the fact that somebody actually likes it and, and wants to read another one or gets your humor or, you know, it, it's, it's incredibly flattering because when you write, you write in such a vacuum. I mean, I, it's mm-hmm. very lonely work. You know, I don't know if you've ever, like, sat and written a book or anything, either one of you, I'm not sure. Uh, you should. It's a great journey. But I feel it is lonely really when I write lonely. an email. That's, 
Yeah. <laughs> that blank screen is really scary to look at. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but so, so getting it done is a freaking miracle. <laughs> so, Lori, uh, I have a two month old. So, a lot of this stuff, <gasps> it feels like a cautionary tale, right? Like pick up sports, <laughs> all of that. So, I did share your book with my neighbor, Priscilla, who has two teenagers. And I have to say, she was obsessed with you tapping into something, you know, it might seem mundane to some people, but other people, it's their whole life is this, the sports, the school, everything. Um, is that something oh, yeah. you personally experienced or did you have to grab from other people, especially like the wrestling aspect? Were, were your kids in wrestling? Uh, no, no, I have two daughters. They did not wrestle. Um, I was kind of a sports mom. I mean, my girls played volleyball and they uh, played lacrosse. So. But I was not really in there. I wasn't like the team mom. I wasn't bringing the snacks. That wasn't me. Um, I really had to reach. I, I watched, let me just tell you, I watched a lot of middle school wrestling videos. It was not fun. It was really, really, really hard to watch. But, uh, you know, I needed to educate myself on what it was like. The interesting thing about middle school wrestling is that the boys' bodies are so different at different stages of oh, development. Yeah. So you've got these guys in seventh grade that like look like they're in fourth grade. They're so tiny and skinny. And then you've got these guys that matured early and uh, you know can already buy beer at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, so and they're like all on the same team. It's it's really there's a lot of humor in that alone. But um Kelly Ripa actually helped me a lot with the because her son Joaquin wrestled. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know a lot about the the whole subculture that is the mat mom experience oh. and she was uh, very helpful in filling you, in a lot of detail you nailed it i have a, i had a stepbrother in uh wrestling and when you were talking about them downing food to make weight it yeah. hit a trigger i didn't <laughs> even remember i remembered crushing potatoes at <laughs> right? dinner i need more uh we're talking with laurie gelman her brand new book is out now you can get it on amazon you can get it at any bookstore that you go to it's called smells like tween spirit if you get the audible version by the way um, she narrates it, which I love it when the author narrates the book. So uh, that is wonderful. Lori, there are so many things that we could talk to you about. Our time is so short. Uh, in closing, and we're already over time, but let me just say this in closing. Uh, you, I, I have told this story multiple times now on Minnesota Radio here uh, of the time that uh, I got to go out and have dinner with you and your husband, Michael, and your daughter, Misha, who just went to college. I, I, we ate at yeah. Chibo Evino, is how I'm choosing to pronounce it. Chibo Evino, Chibo Evino. Sure. And I maintain that not only uh, was it one of the greatest dishes I've ever had. I had this Capalachi al fungi. I now know how to pronounce it. I just had it again last time I went to New York. It was one of the greatest <laughs> pasta dishes I have ever had. But on top of that, um, I found that whole night out. I don't do dinner often, and you guys do dinner a lot. I found that that time with you guys to just be so fun and because you're such a lovely conversationalist michael is so great getting to know misha i say all that trusting that the gelman family at large holds that memory in similar high esteem because you got to have dinner with me that evening yes you know what we still talk about it really like it is, it is in the memoriam on our calendar like like it's like at the one year anniversary of the time yes. we had dinner with steve yes. you know yeah absolutely Okay, I just essentially um, needed you to prove that prove that the dinner really did happen because uh, a lot of folks I think it did thought happen. I was making it was it up. lovely. It was a nice thing to say about us and our family. Thank you. But you know, you're you're a great uh, dinner companion. Anybody uh, who ever has to sit beside you at a dinner party is very lucky. 
Oh, gosh. Lori Gelman, I tell you what, buy her book for that alone. She is very funny. She is lovely uh, and is a wonderful writer. You will get a laugh. You will relate with so much of what you read. Smells Like Tween Spirit is out. You can get that today. Uh, and it is the fourth in the Class Mom series. You can get all four, all available uh, for sale. And they're easy reads that you will really love. Lori, thank you for taking time out of your morning. And uh, God be with you guys as you sort of acclimate to becoming empty nesters. Oh, thank you from your lips. Pleasure talking to you guys. Brittany, good luck with that two-month-old. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. Ahead. Sounds better than teens, okay. so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One step at a time. Lori Gelman, go buy the book. Smells like tween spirit. We will come right back. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk. Hey, welcome back. It's Donna and Steve. The experience on My Talk 1071. We went a little long last segment, uh, but we had a great time talking with Lori Gelman, the author of Smells Like Tween Spirit. I'll get a link up for you on the old Donna and Steve show page. Link! Get up, yeah. You know, you know what I'm gonna do. Um, yeah, I'll do. Should I do that or should I put it in an Insta story and have people click on it? Oh um, man, a lot of options. Know. It's gonna be one of them, guys. Put it on Triller. Just... Rocco. <laughs> oh, Wait, do you mean Triller.com, the <laughs> German journalist website? <laughs> Ursula Triller. Ursula Triller. Did you check out Triller.com? I'm going to do it right now. How's Ursula's resume looking? These well, days? it's in German, so it's oh, difficult okay. to ascertain, but she appears to be doing well. Oh, there she is. This is Triller. We're not even going to do the intro. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> uh, we're not even going to do the um, intro because we just don't have a ton of time. Triller. I can't stop. Triller. Uh, what intro were you hoping for? It was going to be study. Okay, studies, have studies have shown. The average person will use 126 different blanks in their lifetime. Toothbrushes. Oh, this feels like a like a family feud question, doesn't it? And that's how you answer too, like you were in Fast Money. Yeah, no, that's, but here's the thing: Rocco didn't do the thing he's supposed to do, is cheered on no matter what I say. Good uh, we'll answer. Good no, answer. No, 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 hang on, we'll set it up again. Okay. Okay. We'll put two seconds on the clock. Brittany, the average person will use 126 different blanks in their lifetime. Toothbrushes. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Like it. So many toothbrushes. <laughs> Rocco. Um, we're gonna hang on. I got to come down and do a little. You know, kiss me on the lips. Out. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Richard Dawson style. Pucker up. I'm coming in. <laughs> Uh, and Richard with... Dawson would always sort of softly go into it too, you know. I mean, like he would kiss him, and then he would just—it felt like he was almost tickling the felt in front of them, and just—and like the husband is like right next to him. I would have yeah. a panic attack, by the way. Like if I knew that was coming, I would be like sweating profusely. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, fingernail clippers. <gasps> Good answer. Good fingernail clippers. Show me fingernail clippers. <laughs> The average person will use 126 different emails in oh, their life. This cannot no. be real. Hmm. Yeah, that's a study a found that the average person uses 126. Think back on how many you've already had. This would include the very first email you came up with, the one you replaced it with, because having your birth year in there wasn't professional enough. <laughs> uh, maybe schools. Gave you a, an email address as well? Any jobs you've ever had? Any website domains that you bought? Any side hustles or small businesses you've started? And any dummy accounts you've created just to sign up for stuff without getting spammed? When you include all of those, 
Maybe 126 doesn't seem crazy. To me, it seems insane. I think I can count seven, maybe seven different ones that I've had. I would even just even round up, say, 10 just to cover your bases. And I still feel like that's an overestimate. Yeah, but how many jobs have you had and stuff? I, but my jobs aren't real. Like, nobody's <laughs> creating an email account because they know I'm going to be there for, like, a week. Um, did you guys ever have that moment where you had, like, an embarrassing one and then you had to give it out and you realize you have to switch to, like, a normal one? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I still I, use a Yahoo, like, from a band I was in and from 1998 or whatever. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. I have a dear friend Ooh. who... I won't say who she is. She was listening earlier. I don't know if she's listening now, but I won't say her name, but she is doing well in life. Like professionally, she's experienced great success. We love her. And she is an AOL address. Oh, and when no. I found that out, it just, it just doesn't make you rethink everything about them, but it changes what you think about them to some extent. Oh, yeah. How can you not? How can you not? Cause they're still, and then you wonder, are they, are they rocking the disc still? Are they still getting like oh. a DVD ROM or a CD ROM with the AOLs? Like, hey, here's fifty more hours, man. Thanks for using our email. I'm so glad you brought this up. Me too. I have a follow up. Go for it. There is a broadcaster that is well known who has an AOL account. I and, believe I know who it is. And every time I see it, I go, how? <laughs> Oh. Well, you know, it's funny, though. The lovely well, young lady who keeps our score for College of Pop Culture Knowledge, she's like in her 20s. Kaylee, by the way, scores 43-33, Steve. Thanks, Kaylee. She uses an AOL. And she's like <sighs> young and vibrant. And cool. Yeah. Also, when some people do keep their birth year in, it's sort of interesting that they don't... I don't know if they know that that means that we all know. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, knowing. Like I think we should math. all know. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Um, side note, on that same vein of, like, what is not cool is now cool again, uh, Gen Z is going back to flip phones. What? I saw the new fancy Samsung flip phone commercial. That looks pretty cool. Like, But they're, like, they're getting away from, I saw this whole thing that Gen Z is trying to get away from being on the phone all the time with TikTok and all those things, and so they just want... The messaging and the calling, and there's something to it. There's something to it. This feels a little easier said than done. It feels like an easy headline to write and tough for a generation to live it out. Because what if they want to go on Triller.co or read up from whatever the latest is from German journalist Ursula Triller, and they're on Triller.com. Oh. Flip phone ain't going to cut that. TikTok, That's flip true. phone, no-go. Don and Steve, my talk 1071, where talk is fun. You know, I watched a documentary last night on Hulu after we watched the most recent episode of Only Murders in the Building. Get in good. It's already good, but a little twist and a little turn last night. My weekly reminder, if you don't watch Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, you're missing out on a wonderful comedic murder mystery. Roughly 30-minute episodes. A story well told. New York and all of its New Yorkness, which I just love seeing on screen. It's really good. Then I saw that there was a documentary that was being um, promoted on Hulu as well. And I was like, I don't know if I've heard about this. It's called GameStop, Rise of the Players. 
and it really details. Do you remember? It was back in early 2021 when GameStop's stock went bananas. Yeah. A lot of people had said that it was dead in the water. They realized that a bunch of big hedge funds, hedge funds where you have to have a certain amount of money, and that number is generally very high, to get into uh, the, the fund, they had shorted GameStop, which in stock terminology means we're betting that that stock's price is going to go down from where it currently sits. A bunch of these online guys, Reddit people, people who actually thought GameStop was being undervalued, they tried to beat the drum initially. And then more people got on board and were like, hey, even if we don't think GameStop is going to be a strong stock, we still have an opportunity. If all of us buy the stock right now and drive up the price, that's called a short squeeze. So all those big fancy hedge funds that are shorting GameStop and think it's going to go down. Well, when we all buy it, we will force the price up and we will cost them tons of money and losses. And there was all sorts of stuff that came from that. I saw probably about the first 40 minutes mm-hmm. of an hour and a half documentary. And if you're into that stuff at all, it's it's a well-told documentary. I like a good documentary. Oh. It's got some cool style to it as well. And they set the table. So if you don't know jack about GameStop stock or any of that story that never really registered for you you'll you'll get up to speed within the first five minutes they'll let you know where we're going and uh yeah i want to finish it because it was it was well told and i remember looking from the outside because there were some people who became like millionaires through this sudden run up and meanwhile there were hedge funds who lost untold millions well and then the big thing too was that it was kind of exposed a lot because all of a sudden they said, well, the big hedge fund said, well, this isn't fair. Make mm-hmm. them stop. And so they made it where you where they froze the stocks and said, you can't buy any of these. Right. And so that's when people were like, so what is the stock market? Like, yes, like, absolutely. At what point do we get to tell our teacher that somebody's not being fair? So and people were saying, well, don't hedge funds already? Aren't you already counting on somebody else to lose money in order for you to make money? Because if you're shorting a stock, yeah. you are trusting, nay, hoping that whoever is holding that stock ends up losing money. Now, they ended up losing money with commas, quite a few. So that, I get good it. That's for people. They like, people like, people liked that story a lot. Um, it felt you know, like they were screwing the man, beating it, the system. You know, the the big short, that movie, does a good yeah. job of explaining on betting on the loss of things with the housing market. I mean, that ended up being just tragic when they realized if they could bet against the housing market and then the bubble that was existing. But that explains yes. that the, the buying the short, that shorting, that's, that's about as far as I can get. That was pretty good. Thanks. I'm pretty proud of Thanks. you. Thanks. You did great. Rocco, aren't you proud of her? I liked it. I just uh, went and bet on the, against the housing market on Triller.net. <laughs> dot .net? I'm yeah. on .org. It's very <laughs> informative. Wow. Yeah. Is there a Triller.gov? Oh. Or .tv. I was uh, trying to start a website a few years ago, and I read this article that said .xyz is the new .com. So that's so why you're, wants that's, a .xyz. That's why Lou doesn't let you invest in things anymore because <laughs> that right. didn't go very far. That is absolutely correct. In fact, um, 
Yeah. Oh, oh remember my uh, my cryptocurrency, which I tell folks about, my $1,000 that is now $845, so there's a oh. loss there. But another stock, like Netflix went down. When Netflix went down, they lost 2 million subscribers, and um, it was the first time that they had lost subscribers in a long time. And then my brother called my other two brothers that day, um, he said, we got to get in on Netflix because it shouldn't be down as low as it is, which is kind of what GameStop folks, they were like, we get it. It's not like booming, but people were saying GameStop is the next blockbuster. And some of these guys who initially, before it was like, hey, let's screw the rich people. Initially, it was, wait a minute, this stock is just undervalued. And there are too many reasons why it should be higher than it is right now. So we should get it. That was my brother's point. He was like, let's get in on Netflix because it dropped almost 50% in a day. And he thought, that just doesn't seem right because they're still like the streaming leader. Um, I go, I go like this story, but I also got from it, you have, there's four brothers in your family? No, I mistold that story. I, I was trying to truncate it, and then I was like, that detail doesn't even matter. I have two other brothers. One of the brothers oh, okay. called me and my other brother. All right. So I got Josh, or who we call Jombie, like John B. from the floating head Mechaleka High Mechahiney Ho from Pee Wee's Playhouse mm-hmm. and Scooty. Okay. Who was Thank the. You for asking. Who was the. Uh, which one was the one who was like the stock expert during all this? Scooty was the one who initiated oh, it. Scooty. But he also really gave a hard press for us all about 15 years ago to get into Iraqi dinar because some people were saying that that was a currency Iraq's currency was going was undervalued and was going to come back up that was not great. So he doesn't pick all winners you is know, my point. He's fitty fitty. Uh speaking <laughs> of kind of niche little groups, The Anarchists on HBO Max. Oh, yeah, is that good? So good. Rocco, I think you'd really like it because they just these people are just constantly contradicting themselves, but they moved to Acapulco and they have this yearly conference called Anarcapoco. Um, it's amazing. There's just like a lot that happens in a very small amount of time. And they're all, their whole goal is to avoid, they don't want to, they don't, they don't want to pay the man anymore. They're, they mm. hate status. Like we are all status. Mm. And, uh, is that how you say status? No, but it should be. So you're saying state is. Yeah. Like state is status. Oh, we are status. And that's like a four letter word. Because in we community. are part of the state. Man. We've been given into the man. Let's go to Agapogo and get murdered. Rocco. Pretty much. No, he's, got, he's spot on. That's pretty much what happened. So it is a wild. I mean, they're it's just constantly contradicting each other. Of They're like, we need to organize now. And it's like, well, I thought that was what you're not wanting to. All right. You'd like it. Watch it. The Anarchist. Status. 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 Data, data, daddy. Oh, <laughs> big daddy! Was big daddy. Name? Yes, that was my nickname in eighth grade. It was great, <laughs> Mister Federline. Yeah, king of my talk. <laughs> no, I didn't call myself that. Don't KMT don't say that. over here. <laughs> Jeez, man! Ever since I got shamed for showing my freckles in 2022, I mean, <laughs> this country. I want to control the narrative on this. It was the outfit change. It was the shocking reveal. It was the no. way you did it. You whipped it around your head through like a helicopter. Oh, Petey Pablo. <laughs> Not a lot of people are quoting Petey Pablo anymore. Not North a, Carolina. Come on and raise, raise up. up. This one's for you. This one's for who? 
us, 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 us. That's how. That's what was weird was when it hit the camera and then revealed you shirtless. Um, Understood. Without that shirt, less. We were unable to find other available fill-ins. Brittany <laughs> will be back tomorrow. You're welcome. Uh, she will be back. All sorts of fun. Thank you guys for the emails. Um, thank you for listening. If you missed anything, you can download it as a podcast. My friends, you can always download the MyTalk app as well. Kalina Bradley coming in next on MyTalk.